this is your first episode of The Upside, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. Today is Friday, December 8th. My name is Jeff Dollar, and we are recording this at 1022 Studios at Industrious. And I am grateful for little wins. I'll I'll explain in a moment. Okay. My name is Callie Dollar, and I am grateful that you are such a supportive and wonderful partner. To who? To me. Oh, um, I think that you have a really great idea and I'm going to report back next week on how it went, but we all know I've been like anxious at panic level 12. She's really been milking this pregnancy thing. Level 10. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so uncomfortable. Oh my gosh, I'm hungry again. Oh my gosh, I can't change the oil in the car right now because I can't fit underneath it. Just annoying stuff. <laughs> no one likes you right now. Um, but Jeff's, the idea that you came up with was for me to take a 24-hour timeout, like or a 36-hour timeout. And your idea was that we both are in this like stressy, almost like hamster wheel. And when you get on the hamster wheel, like you kind of can't get off and actually get things done <clears throat> because you're just in the hamster wheel of stress. And I'm sorry, go ahead. Your idea was to take a 24 hour to 36 hour time off where you handle Ellie and the dogs and you don't expect me to show up for anything. You don't, you guys just do your own thing. And I do my own thing. I leave work. Maybe it's an errand. Maybe it's a walk. Maybe it's Christmas shopping, maybe it's getting stuff, maybe it's a nap, but there are zero expectations on where I need to be for the next 36 hours. Well, and the other part about it was decisions Mm -hmm. because I am, I think this will be a new year's resolution for me, but maybe I'll make it a December 9th resolution and start tomorrow. I am annoyingly collaborative and I don't think I mean, you tolerate me, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's attractive. What do you mean? I just, I, I, I want to make sure that everybody is comfortable. And I've the what's really opened my eyes to it is Ellie, because I will say, Ellie, do you want apples or oranges with your lunch? And sometimes she has a definitive answer. Sometimes she says neither. Sometimes she says both. Sometimes she says grapes, whatever. But I don't need to be putting that pressure on her. Lunch mm-hmm. is a sandwich and some apples and two cookies. You'll you know, get what I give you, kid. Yeah, not that extreme. But I do think there's, I think that's, I just think, dis, I think sometimes decision breeds anxiety. Mm-hmm. And not everything needs to be decided. And just simple things like saying to you every single day, what do you want for dinner? What are you craving? What do you feel like? It's always five or six questions. And I just want to be better about saying, hey, I made, I'm making pizza tonight. Mm-hmm. Done. That's it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want pizza, I it's not going to offend me. Mm-hmm. And we've got a freezer full of chicken nuggets, Trader Joe's meals. Yeah. Uh, we've got a fridge full of leftovers. Mm-hmm. I'll make you any of that. Yeah. So part of the 36 hours was I also wanted to suspend you from having to make any decisions. 
bless you. And you are on the stress hamster wheel too. So we've scheduled a day that you're going to do the same thing where Ellie and I are just going to go about our business. You don't have to be involved in decision-making. You can do whatever you want. You can be home. You can not be home. You can be whatever. Um, but that's your time to not make decisions. I read an interesting post from a woman that I follow on Instagram who after 12 years is shutting down her business, mm -hmm. her small business. And she said that part of the reason she's doing it, and this rang so true, is when you're a small business owner, I, hold on, I wanna see if I can find it and read it verbatim, because it's where we are right now. Well, you're looking that up. Um, I am interested to see how this goes. Like maybe it won't make a difference, but it could make a huge difference. So I think this is going to be a good experiment. And you did ask me earlier this morning, like what I was going to do today. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I know I have physical therapy today. I know that's all that's on the plan. I'm going to see where the wind takes me. I'm going to see where the wind blows today and see where it blows me. You're going to be a fart. Pretty much. Okay. I'm going to be the bag in Forrest Gump or the le the feather. Yes. The bag it was in American, um, American Beauty. Or American Beauty, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so this woman, her name is Hillary Rushford. She's had a business for twelve years. She's shutting it down and she wrote something that I thought was so uh it it hit me just right when I when I read it, right? Mm -hmm. She said that when you have your own business you have this incredible freedom and gift to manage your time however you see fit. But because we live in a world where people are defined by their occupations and defined by what they do for a living, most people's default is to take care of the business first. Right. And you and I both do that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes to the detriment, and I'm acutely aware of the privilege that we have of the time that we have spent with Ellie, the time we will be able to spend with baby girl number two, mm -hmm. right? That I am so grateful for all of that, but there is this, it's beyond, it's not even stress. There is just this voice that says, you have more to do, right? Mm-hmm. That never, ever, ever goes away. And I think because culturally we are so defined by what we do for a living that as a small business owner, there's guilt that comes from ignoring that voice. I think that there's um, it's the same thing for parenting, too. Like, I think in parenting, just we always feel like there's something more we could be doing. You know what I mean? Like or something we could maybe even be doing better. That type. Right. Of thing. Especially like. I hate to sound really old, but like, especially on social media and with the, you know, right now it's like elf on the shelf, like everybody doing all these creative things. I'm like, man, okay, are we not doing that for Ellie? Do we need, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I think it's the same with, with everything, with parenthood, with, you know, being a friend, being a partner and being a business owner. So my hope was by saying, Hey, let's before the holidays, let's each take a day or two and forget about Tr not even forget about our obligations, but trust the other person to take care of everything. My hope is that we can relieve some of that pressure. Mm -hmm.
right? Because yeah. I'm not telling you, hey, just forget it, walk away from your emails, ignore everything. What I'm telling you is, hey, for the next two days, I got this. Yeah. And then a couple of days next week, you got it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Okay. On a scale of one to 10, Jeff Dollar, how are you? Uh, I'm going to go, honestly, with a 10. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. And I'll explain why in just a moment. Not right now. Yeah, well, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. You can ask me. Oh, on a scale of one to 10, how are you? <laughs> Uh, I'm a six. Okay. I'm a six. I'm feeling the stress, but I am glad to hopefully be able to get a bunch of things done that will make me feel better and more in control (laughs) of my life because my life feels out of control. I don't do well with uncertainty. Like when I know what's coming next, great. So even if we don't, you know, for example, buy our house, we'll know we're moving somewhere else. And when we know where we're moving, then I'll be like, okay, fine. Cause I can be excited about that and I can get on board and I can plan and do the whole things. But, um, most everything in my life is uncertain right now. <laughs> I don't know when the baby most co- everything, everything, hundred percent, everything's uncertain. Well, I know I'm going to eat dinner tonight, you really? know, like, do you? I- do you know that? Cause you just said earlier that today you're a fart <laughs> and sometimes farts skip meals. I'm a feather. Um, you know, I don't know, like there's a lot of like business potential contracts that we have coming in that are, you know, uncertain. I don't know which one of those are going to, are going to sign with us or what our 2024 is going to look like. I don't know when this baby is going to come and I don't do well with it. I like to be in control. This is why Cali Dollar does not do drugs because it puts me in a place where (laughs) I would be too out of control and I need the control and I don't have it. So I'm a six. At the office yesterday, I wasn't here for it, but they came around and they passed out Christmas cookies and and chocolate candies and eggnog with shots of fireball in it. And I said to Callie, look, I know we're not supposed to drink with the baby, but it's the third trimester. (laughs) You've been stressed. I think a little fireball maybe help you sleep tonight. And then she pointed out that fireball is probably the last thing she should drink. Not only because of the baby, but because of the heartburn that would keep her up for four consecutive days. Oh, yeah. Days. And I feel like Fireball is an alcohol, is a liquor that you have one bad experience with and you can never yeah. drink it ever again. And I feel like most people that I know that have stories are like schnapps based, like college horror drinking stories that you'll never drink it again or Fireball. I had a rum. Is Fireball cheap? Because we used to, people used to drink that all the time in college. So it must be cheap. It was that or like. Um, I think it's the novelty of it. Miller Miller Lite. Yeah. Tastes like water. Basically water. So the, the, the gratitude hack that I am using, the little wins that I am collecting in order to make this week a 10, I just want to share in hopes that they might help somebody else. Okay. Okay. This week has been tumultuous. Callie had her panic it's attack. It's been a show. We had some business that looked like it was definite become maybes. Like to go from, you know, if it's a scale of one to 10 where 10 is an absolute yes and a zero is an absolute no, they were like, there are a couple things that were sevens, eights, and nines mm-hmm. that I think have bounced back to two, threes, and fours. Yeah. Right. That there was a project that I was thinking about that I was feeling pretty defeated by mm-hmm. that I've changed my perspective on. Um, so it's just been a rough week. But, if you scrape all of that away, mm-hmm. okay, and just talk about it in the positive sense, we've got three or four deals that are still maybes. They're not absolute no's, mm-hmm. but they're three or four. There was a period six months ago where we had no deals. Right. 
We had no, nothing. Nothing right? even in the pipeline. Pipeline, nothing. Yeah. So we've got three or four maybes, and we've got, uh, I mean, there's other ones that are probables and possibles or whatever, mm-hmm. but we we still have those. Um, we had, we have concerns about money, as we always do, but we took some time this week. We have a new person on the team who's helping us with accounting, mm-hmm. and we had to go through, and we realized that we have a lot of money coming in that we that people just owe us. So we could focus on the fact that we've got a lot of money past due, mm-hmm. or we could focus on the fact that we've got a guaranteed amount coming in at right. some point over right. the next 60 days. We were super concerned about 2024 business because it was slow to respond, and Callie reached out to Steve, who does all of our sales stuff, and he said, yeah, I got a bunch of stuff that I, I just haven't sent you yet. Here you go. And all of a sudden we had like 10 deals yeah. for next year. So that's a, a, a little win. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some really creative meetings over the past couple of weeks. And so I'm, there, I'm getting to 10 by choosing to look at the positive. The upside? The upside, but choosing. <laughs> but every one of those little wins has a companion negative. Right. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? So you're disregarding the negative. I'm just you're ignoring choosing. the negative. You're choosing. Yeah. I had an epiphany that that one of the deals that we were putting together, one big deal that we were putting together, is a really fantastic opportunity and a really fantastic deal. Mm-hmm. But it's not meeting the target set by somebody else. Mm-hmm. So somebody else comes along and whispers in my ear and says, hey, you should get, you know, uh, $10,000 for that or mm-hmm. whatever it is. That's worth $10,000. At the end of the day, it's going to be worth $2,500, which I, if I didn't have their voice in my head, I would think that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. But but I was feeling kind of some sort of way about, oh, why couldn't I get 10000 But their basis of that, that, ten, that number was pulled out of their... A sky. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's just like what they think. Right. But 2500 is great. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, totally So does. I'm just celebrating all this. So it's just a reminder to um, celebrate your little wins. And if you feel like this week is coming in at a five or under, see if there's any way that you can spin some of that stuff to get you up above a five. I'm in a quote a movie line right here and anyone that knows it is my new best friend because I don't think anyone will know it because it's an obscure movie, but one of my favorites. In every pothole, there is hope. Saw 4. No. Can't Buy Me Love. No. Those are two very different movies. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No. DuckTales. None of these are obscure. Um, Sand of My Toenails. What? That's an obscure movie. It's not a movie. Oh. I was um, meeting, so I had the panic attack. Obviously, I'm pregnant. I have I was diagnosed with anxiety before, long before I was pregnant with Ellie, and um, it's something that I've been watching myself for, and I was prepared for as someone that has a tendency to get anxiety and depression. Thankfully, I have a wonderful partner. I have my psychiatrist. So when I was going through my first pregnancy, I and and this one, I had people in my life that knew when to push me to call my psychiatrist or my therapist. And Jeff was instrumental in a couple of those calls because he said, hey, I know you don't think this is abnormal, but I think it's worth bringing up to 
Dr. Fortner. But I felt foolish about it because the first time I said it, I said, uh, you haven't really let go of the baby or gotten off the couch in four weeks. I literally didn't. <laughs> and when you talked to your doctor about it, the doctor said, yes, that's called being a new mom. Yeah. Yeah. You just want to be just snuggle her all the time. Um, but there were things that were cause for concern. And one thing that I wasn't familiar with was something called intrusive thoughts. And I, I would think um, in the weeks and months after Ellie was born, thoughts that I would never usually have on my own. And there were thoughts. I remember this is an embarrassing one to say out loud, but I said it on my Instagram yesterday. I remember holding Ellie on the third story of our, our townhouse, which is where her bedroom was and thinking I could open the door and I could throw her out the window. That is a thought that I had. And it was, uh, it's never a thought that if you had told me years ago, I would have that thought. I would have been like, that's not me. That doesn't look like me. That doesn't sound like me. I would never think that about my child. And I love Ellie and I've never had, you know, but it's part of this postpartum mental health thing that people go through and and it's hard to self-identify. It's hard for people that aren't well-versed in it, like a, a psychiatrist that specializes in it, to know about it. And I, I mentioned that on my Instagram when I was talking about my, my panic attacks and I had so many women open up to me about the thoughts they had that they've never told anybody because they were too embarrassed to say out loud, I had this thought. I had a coworker who would find, after she had her first child, would find the, would go out of her way to go down as few tree-lined streets as she could to get from whatever errand she was running with her mm -hmm. kid to her house because she was completely convinced that a giant tree was going to uproot and fall on her car, even on the sunniest day with that no wind. That makes so much sense to me. And not one thing that these women on Instagram were sending me shocked me. It didn't shock me. I think it would be shocking to me before I had experienced it of, oh, wow. Like, But these are things that we think about that we're too embarrassed to say out loud. So I um, thought we should talk about it on an episode. And I scheduled a podcast recording for December 20th is when we're recording it. I'm not sure when we're going to release it with a licensed professional counselor who is also a mom who has also had postpartum depression and we're going to talk through ways you know it would be great to say the system's failing us here's what we can do to change the whole system okay that's not what i'm interested in what i'm interested in is what can we be doing to alert the people in our lives that we're having these thoughts and how can we identify this i feel i i feel like that's something that should come up what was it that we Oh, everybody says when you're, we've talked about this, they give you warnings like, oh no, when the baby starts teething, it's going to be terrible. And oh, you're never going to get it. It's whatever. None of those things came true. Do you know what was shocking to us, to Callie and I, both of us? Potty training. Mm -hmm. Nobody talks about potty training and how you're literally going to be carrying around like your kid is going to take a dump in the trunk of your car. <laughs> it's going to no, happen. The, how does that not come right. up? Right. So right. I, I feel like the in, intrusive thoughts conversation should be along those lines. Yeah. Like how can we prepare people in our life? And, and what can we also say to help other women? And I told, I've told Frances, I remember I was on a conference call with Kelly and Liz from the carpool and Liz was pregnant. And I said to her, the advice that I have that you didn't ask for is to let you know that you're going to have a thought that seems so outrageous to you. Know that other people have thought it and you're not alone. And it is a postpartum thing and don't be embarrassed about it. And she probably at the time was like, Oh, 
yeah, okay. Um, and then I remember her saying on her Instagram, like she was having some, you know, at night was really hard for her emotionally. And I'm like, this is why we have to talk about this. So um, we're going to talk about it in just a couple of weeks. And I'm really excited to have that conversation. And apparently I have 30 days to find us a ranch home or an apartment on the first floor to move into. <laughs> yes, you do. All right, here's your beautiful human alert. It's how we end every single week. Our beautiful human is Terry Goodnight. She is a volunteer dog trapper. So her her job is to go out on the streets of where she lives, um, which I think is in the is in Montgomery County, Texas, and find stray dogs, earn their trust, get them to to come into a crate, then she takes them, has them checked out by a vet, has them spayed or neutered, and then we'll either deliver them to a shelter or whatever. Uh, she got a call that there is a dog that had a jug on his head. Aww. Like rammed his head into what looked like a water jug. He was looking for a snack. On closer inspection, it was one of those um, going on vacation cat feeder things. So it, so it So the dog could breathe. But the dog couldn't, because there's an opening where the food yeah. would fall through, and the dog could actually learn how to eat by scraping the jug along the ground that food was on, and then the food would fall into the jug, and then it would like lick its tongue. Poor baby. This woman spent one month earning that dog's trust, including a couple of 24-hour shifts just sitting on the ground near where the dog was. She is my people. To earn his confidence, and finally, after a month, the dog let her get close enough that she could give it a, you know, wrap it up in a bear hug. She called somebody to come over for help. They used uh, clippers to cut the jug off of its head. And once it was off, she said she cried for 10 minutes straight. No. She was so happy. So um, his face was super swollen, took him to, uh, to the vet. Uh, the whole time that she was getting this dog, there was another dog that was never more than 15 feet away. So that was Jughead, Aww. they called him Jughead. That was Jughead's best friend, Red. So Red and Jughead both got in her van, went to the vet, got checked out, got cleared, uh, were um, home trained, and then put up for adoption. I love that. So Terry Goodnight of Montgomery County, Texas, you are this week's Upside Beautiful Human. You are strong, you are brave, you are kind, and you always belong here.